following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Stank! Bang, bang, what is up, you guys? Welcome to episode 94 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrump. And this is, of course, the official podcast of Pro Wrestling Tees. We come to you free every Monday. Uh, you know, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. We're at PWTCast on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to hear some more of Dave and I, uh, we have a Patreon as well. Uh, if you head over to patreon.com forward slash PWTCast, uh, three different tiers, four different tiers. Uh, you know, they all come with perks. The, if you want to listen to our if you want to take a trip with us to our family video store that Dave and I own, Scrump and Stang's Family Video, uh, you can sign up for that. We review, we've reviewed such movies as uh, The Crow, Forrest Gump, Disney's Atlantis, The Shawshank Redemption. This week, uh, we're talking about uh, Kevin Smith's 1995 Mallrats uh, with friend of the show Jesse Kohlenberg, so that'll be a lot of fun. As well as we have a uh, Power Rangers retrospective show in which Dave and I kind of just talk about Power Rangers as a whole, uh, mainly Mighty Morphin. But we get into a little bit of everything here and there. And, uh, you know, that one's Go Go Scrump and Stink. You can sign up for that as well. Uh, and, yeah, you know, if not, go back and listen to some of the episodes we've had. We're almost approaching episode 100. There's tons of fun episodes you can go back and listen to uh, with people such as Hornswoggle, Ethan Page, Colt Cabana, The Young Bucks, Matt Cardona. Uh, the list goes on. You know, Killer Cross as well. It's uh, The list goes on. Go listen to some of those. Dave, uh this week is uh this week has been quite a week i think easy to say um quite the week for for both of us mainly you yeah well you know sad to say uh, our family dog passed away and it was weird because we we were actually going to record earlier and immediately after it happened i was like hey can can we do like a little bit of the next episode, you know, dedicating it to my dog Rocky, but it was so close and so raw. Like I was really having a hard time talking about it without like crying. And, you know, listen, I'm not, as I get older, I'm trying to be less toxically masculine where like, Oh guys, don't cry. But like, you know, I've spent my whole life trying not to cry in front of people. So it was tough, but, um, yeah, it was uh, it was a rough day for me. It's just um, I don't. Hey, have you had any family pets, Berto? Uh So, <clears throat> yes, yes, and no, kind of basic. So I, I mentioned uh, maybe like a week or two ago. I mentioned it before. Uh, I grew up in the same household for the first thirteen years of my life, and upstairs our upstairs neighbors. Um, you know, my aunt, the uncle is what I call them. They they yeah. always had dogs. And yeah. they had two particular ones. One of them, she was the older one, Muñeca, uh, was her name. And then Gizmo was the younger one. And it was one of those things where, like, they weren't technically my dogs, but I was just always there, always with them and stuff yeah. like that. Like, um, you know, particularly with Gizmo, because he was, like, a puppy. Like, I remember when, uh, when like, he was born and stuff, and they had, like, a litter of them. Like, I remember uh, my cousins taking one of them. Like, it was just... It was one of those things, and uh, yeah, like eventually I moved, and for a while, I kind of just forgot they existed, you know. So I remember coming back, and uh, I was like, "Oh, where's Muñeca?" And they're like, "Oh, like she's passed." And I'm just like, "Oh, oh. like oh yeah, it's been about 
you know, five, six years. And like, she was already pretty old then. And, you know, that, I remember that like kind of hit me. And as well as like with Gizmo, where like I looked over at him, and my boy was all gray. And I was just like, oh shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like it, it's, it's one of yeah. those things where like in the back of your mind, I feel like pets almost kind of like, um, to like an extent, like are almost like your parents, you know, where mm-hmm. you, in the back of your mind, your parents don't get old. They're going to be there forever. And yeah. you don't ever really get old. And then maybe you notice like, oh, you know, you're um, like in, in my case, it's like, oh, my dad's starting to go bald now. That's weird. And like, oh, like my mom has more grays than she used to. And like, oh, shit, they're getting older. You know, like it's very much one of those things where you kind of just even with myself, you know, where like I'll I still talk to friends from high school. Like, um, you know, like Vivian, we talk all the time about these things that happened in high school because in my mind, oh, they just happened like a year or two ago. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no, that was 10 to 14 years ago that these things happened. Um, so it's very funny the way time works. Uh, and like I said, like even with, you know, with, with pets, like I'll go over my, you know, my aunt's house and she'll have new dogs. And it's, it's just like one of those things where I'm just like, oh, like, I don't know you. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I have had, you know, pet, like pets pass away. Um, yeah. But I, honestly – like and I mean this wholeheartedly. Like I felt, I felt more sad when like you told me about Rocky, um, particularly because again it was pre-pandemic when I would I would drive I would drive to your house every weekend so we could do yeah. intro outro and like he'd always be there and stuff and you know whenever we we're there for like Thanksgiving and things like that and he was just he was a good boy. Well, I, I'll tell you, like you know, when when we got rocky uh like peyton was like two and so um one of annie's friends had rescued a bunch of puppies and like they were all like abused by the owner and so we're like oh yeah that's you know it was actually annie's mom and dad that kind of took rocky but it was peyton's dog basically and so he had a lot of like weird quirks like um he hate like they must have done something with like a water hose to him Cause he hated like if we were like spraying, like if we were washing like the deck or something with the hose, he would flip out and he like hated it. And like it had something to do with water. Cause like he hated, like anytime we tried to give him a bath, he would just freak out. So like he had like certain sensitivities and like he was actually like, he misbehaved really bad when he was, you know, still a young pup. And then as he got older, he settled down kind of found his footing he always had that fear of water but um no and then as he got older he was getting like he was kind of getting fat because <laughs> like um he was getting real picky about his dog food and he would have like these little quirks like eventually like he wouldn't eat unless you sat in the room and watched him do it like he liked to have an audience and so like when the when this last it was like a, about a week and a half we started noticing he wasn't eating and then he was kind of throwing up like bile, which, you know, you'll like if you have a dog and he's throwing up like yellow stuff, it's like the stomach enzymes. But he would do that on occasion because like if he'd go in the backyard and eat a bunch of grass, which he did all the time, it would make him it would upset his stomach. And I think that was a way for dogs to like get whatever out of their system. So we would look at him and he was already getting picky with his food. And like every day he was just like eating less and less. And then we tried getting him like wet food. 
And <laughs> my daughter was like spoon feeding him this like really good wet food and he would eat some of it. But he was he was clearly like losing weight like rapidly and then like literally like two weeks ago he's running around like a maniac and now he's just like real lethargic and just having a hard time getting up. And finally it was a Wednesday. Um, he just did not want to get up at all. And so my, my daughter put a bowl of water down by him and he drank it up real quick and then threw it up immediately. And so we, we let him go outside and he was just kind of just sitting on the stoop and just would not move. We're like, come on, Rocky, come inside. And he's just like, he was kind of sitting like the Sphinx and just like his eyes were like half closed. Like he was almost falling asleep. And I was like, come on, man, let's go. And then I just started realizing something's really bad. And I sat there on the stoop with him and I'm like holding his paws. I'm like, come on, let's go. And then I just started like crying a little bit. And I was like, don't, don't give up on me, man. Come on, get up and let's go. And I finally got him up and I got an emergency visit with the vet. And, but then I, I felt really bad because like my brother came over and I knew he was really weak. So we needed to get him in the car. So I pulled out his collar and his harness and that would usually he'd get like real excited because like, oh, he's like, oh, we're going for a walk. And he did. He got up. And as he was walking down the stairs, his, his legs gave out and he kind of just like hit the deck. And I, I was like, oh, my God. So we, we got him to the vet. They did an initial checkup and. His heart rate was fine. His uh, his gums were good. He didn't have any tooth loss. And then they did an X-ray. They said his intestines were fine. There was no obstructions. His kidney or his spleen, his liver, all, everything was fine except for his kidneys. And I guess he was just going through really uh, extreme kidney failure to the point where this lady was like, his enzymes are like off the charts, and so like. Um, they were like 10 times what were like the normal things. And at that point she was like, he's got like, he's not going to be able to eat because like protein and sodium is what really like affects the kidney enzymes. But like, that's what the dogs like about food. <laughs> so that's why he wasn't eating. And then, you know, she's like, you got maybe a day or two with him. And he, I was looking at him. He was so thirsty. He couldn't keep anything down. I was just like, we, you know, I love him and like the selfish thing would have been to bring him home and like, Oh, we'll get two days to pet him. But like he was clearly suffering. And so, you know, we opted to have him euthanized and it, it was, I got to tell you, man, for anyone that's ever had to do that and be in the room, it, it like, it ripped my soul out of my body. Like I'm, I, I think I got enough distance where I can talk about it without like full on crying, but like it really, I, I cried harder than when my dad died. <clears throat> I mean, and, I, I mean, I'll say you called me afterwards because I, <clears throat> I wasn't aware of this, and I called you for, for for some stuff yeah. that we'll talk about later. And like I remember, like you know, like you picked up, and it, it was one of the things where you were it was completely normal. You know, you were just yeah. like, "Hey, what's up?" And then I start talking, and then like, all, like all of a sudden out of nowhere, like you told me about Rocky, and like I could hear, like I could hear it in your voice, like. And again, like I got like emotional about it. Like I remember, I like just like walking over to Nick and to, and and because he he was just the first person I saw, you know, yeah. and like telling him like what you had just told me. And like even then, there was like like with you, you you were you were very much kind of just like man, like th this just happened. But like um, sure, yeah, you know, we can uh, go ahead. Like you were just kind, of, you were trying to like just change the subject, and I was I was like shook. I was very much just like yeah. 
like no 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 like let, let's talk about this like you know um and again be, just because like i i could like i compared it to um you i mean it happens all the time with me where you know i mean you're you're someone i, I you're like my brother and so yeah. if i'm if my actual brother is like for whatever reason like crying like instinctually i'm just like uh i guess i'm gonna cry now too you know like it, yeah. it's one of those things and so it's like when i heard you getting sad same thing i was just like oh uh, you know getting sad myself but um yeah like it, it you know like like you mentioned like you i get what you mean with like you try to be um like tougher tougher than you yeah. should at least um but no nah, like it, it was like i could tell how serious i mean how clear how serious it was just because yeah like you you did not sound like stank you know you well, like i was trying like as i was talking about it like like it like when i had to explain to oh so here's the tough part too like right when we left for the vet like Peyton had to be at a game. And so I kind of knew it was up. So I told Peyton, I was like, Hey, I got to take Rocky to the vet, but they want to do like a quality of life check on him. I was like, but that means something bad might happen. I was like, get in as much time as you can with him. And she's like, I could tell she was being tough. She's like, okay, okay. So she was laying with him, petting him. And, you know, she was taking videos of him and, and trying to cheer him up. And so, like they got to be there like an hour before the game. So as they're there warming up, I give Annie the news. And then Annie was like, well, Peyton's going to ask me, what do I tell her? And I was like, I, it's one of those moments where like you're at this crucial junction and you're thinking I could make a decision one way or the other. And either way could be equally traumatic and devastating for my child. Right. So like, what do we tell her before the game? And then maybe she lashes out and has a bad game and then, you know, feels embarrassed in front of her teammates. Or do we wait till after the game and then she's mad because we didn't tell her, you know? Mm-hmm. So we're sitting there. And so I guess, early, you know, right after I told her, Peyton came up and said, what's going on with Rocky? And then um, she said something to the effect of he he will be better, you know, like, but insinuating like maybe he, you know, he won't be in pain anymore. And so she kind of started crying a little bit, but she, Annie didn't really say. And then by the time I got to the game, she was on first base and she must, she looked at me and she must've seen my face <clears throat> and she, I could tell she was just bawling and like, you know, they came back in and all her teammates were hugging her. And then, and then she played like a hell of a game afterwards. Cause I think, you know, I walked up and I gave her a hug and I said, Hey, you know, just go out there for Rocky. He, he knows how much you love softball, but I don't like, I found it weird that I, I cried more than when my dad died, but then I thought about it. And it's like, you know, when people die, it's like an accumulation of all the, you know, of age, but also for some people like my dad, it was an accumulation of all the bad life decisions they've made throughout their life. Right. Mm-hmm. And for the dog, the dog was just being a dog. And I, you know, I, I asked, I asked the vet, was it something that we've done wrong? Because like, I, I try not to do it, but everyone in the house feeds him table food. Like this dog has eaten so much steak and pork chops <laughs> and like ham and like shit. He probably shouldn't have been eating, but like, you know, we love him and he, he loves meat. But the doctor basically said that, you know, his kidneys were basically a ticking time bomb 
and he just got bad. You know, he got dealt a bad hand, but like he lived a longer life expectancy than, you know, a dog his age. So, um, or a dog of his type. So, you know, it's, it happened. And like the, to me, the hardest thing was he went in there and like he's normally like a maniac around like people he doesn't know, but he was very nice. And like I said, his legs were weak, but he, he literally stood there. Well, my, my brother went with me and the two of us petted him for 20 minutes and he stood there and he was wagging his tail to the very end. And so like we just my biggest thing was I didn't want him to think he was being punished for anything or that he had done anything wrong and that he knew that we loved him. And I, he clearly did. But like what really got me was like in his head, he was probably like, all right, let's go home. Let's wrap this up. And mm-hmm. like he didn't come home. So, I mean, it was rough. Um, and, you know, the, there's just little things like if you've had a family dog for a long time, like um, if the front door opened or the doorbell rang, he would pop up and start barking. And those were things that I would be annoyed at him by. You know, I'd say, cut it out. And like we just got pizza yesterday and I put my foot out so he wouldn't run and he wasn't there. Or Annie was doing a craft to kind of memorialize him and pulled his collar out and I heard it jingle and I looked like he was going to come right around the corner or, you know, just simple things. Like we open the fridge. If he hears us opening like a string cheese, he's popping around. He's like, Hey, let me get some of that cheese. <laughs> and so like these, these little like habitual things that we had and like, or, you know, if we're eating food, he was always begging for table food and I'd be like, get out of here. You know? And then those last, that last week I was if he could have begged for food, I would have gave him my entire plate. You know what I mean? Cause he just wasn't eating. So it's these little things that you put in perspective and, you know, dogs really teach life lessons. Like, you know, love, you know, love what you love while you have it. Don't, don't live with any regrets. Um, you know, and dogs love you unconditionally. They don't really hold grudges. You know, you could be mad and yell at them for something and they're right back there licking your face. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's been tough. Me and Annie and, and Peyton, especially, we've just had moments where we were in a funk and I came to work the next day and everyone's like, dude, why are you here? And it, I had to get away. Cause when I work at home, Rocky lays next to me. It was just, it was just so, it's been empty in the house. So, um, I loved him. He's a great dog, you know, and when we posted the lady that gave us Rocky, you know, that helped rescue him. She said something that like really stuck with me and it was, we're really glad that you took him in and he got to live a better life than what he started. So, um, that's, that's what we do. That's why we love dogs so much and cats. We, you know, we take these animals that could be outside fighting and we give them the life of luxury, you know, if, if you're a good pet owner. So, um, yeah, it's been rough. I miss him. And, uh, who knows, who knows if we get another dog in the future, but it's, it's, uh, it's been a pretty quiet in the house. I mean, it's, it's very much, you know, like, like you mentioned, you know, like if you, I mean, kind of just in general, you know, it's like, make sure. And again, I was there personally, so I saw how well you guys treated Rocky, you know, but it's like, you know, your pets, your friends, your family. Cause this week we also had like new Jack pass away and, um, it's one of those things when someone passes away, it's kind of, uh, what's the saying? Like, that's when we give them their flowers. Yeah. You know, it's like, don't, don't wait, Yeah, you know, to tell, <clears throat> like, I'm, I'm someone who like with most people at work, um, 
you know, like my close friends, like when they're leaving, and so I was like, all right, bye, love you, be safe, you know. Yeah. And it's very much just that's how, like, that's how I am. Like, you know, like there's some people where like, like with Frank, like I won't say it to him because I know he's, uh, you know, he's he's a cool macho guy, and you can't tell him that you love him because he, you know, he won't say it yeah. back. But with like, you know, with, like with other friends and stuff, like, but it's, again, it's one of those things where it's like, all right, man, be safe, see you Monday or whatever it is. Um, yeah. It's just that's how I am because again like you never you know you never know what could happen you know like it's just some people just life life happens you know like if you well and that's the thing and and that's what i love about everyone at work is like like someone like someone like jimmy jimmy lee who's you know kind of our newest big employee that we got i mean we've got people since but like you know when he first came in all he saw was us just obliterating each other just with insults and one-liners and like it's it comes as a shock to a lot of people that come into that you know like people have gone on the cruise with us and they're like dude there's no way you would pass an hr test with the amount of insults you're hurling at each other but once you get past that layer of the onion you realize it's coming from a place of like jocularity and like brotherly love and then past that yeah i haven't been at a workplace where more more males have said they love me than this place. And you would think that that would be at odds with how we act. But I think our generation, especially like there used to be a time where if you told your friend, I love you for some people, they have to say like no homo or something at the end. You're some like some ridiculous, you know, misogynistic thing because clearly to to express love for your fellow male means you're gay right mm-hmm. but we're we're past that we, I, like i tell every time i see like a or every time i text him i say i love you brother i'm proud of you and like i'm glad that we can do that and i, I think a lot of us realize that like don't don't tell people how much you love someone when you're at their wake or their funeral <laughs> like tell them now say hey what you're doing i appreciate that i appreciate you as a person and, and I'm really glad that especially us as a workplace, like even when people like talk shit about like the company, the the brand, we're all like, fuck that. We're like a family. So fuck you, you know? Um, and I just, I love that about pro wrestling tees is that like, we love each other and we don't have to preface it with like a, Hey, I'm not gay for you, but I love you. Like we know, we all know what the love is and, and we're, you know, we're completely comfortable with our masculinity saying that to each other. Yeah, no, of course. Like you know, <clears throat> like take Mark for example, Mark Villanueva. He will, yeah. you know, he will tell in the same four in the same four hours in the same hour, you know, he'll tell someone like Johnny or Paul that he loves them, you know, and then maybe like twenty minutes later he'll be like, "Fuck you, you fucking piece of shit!" Like, I hope a fucking bus hits you or something, you know. And again, it's just yeah. like that's how we are, where it's very much just. Yeah. You know, and if we didn't care about the person, we wouldn't even say we wouldn't even care to say that. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's coming from a place of care, which is so weird. Yeah, like I like I like uh, so um like for one hour tease, you know, it's it's different just because they're mostly just like at their desks all day, but like I will go out of my way to like I have a thing with everyone, you know, like with this person, uh, like you you know, I'll I'll talk about this with this person I do that, you know, like there's um uh, like Karima who works up front, like I will go out of my way to be the most annoying little brother that I can. Very much the same way that I do with Michael. You know, I will be the most annoying little brother 
that I can because that is just my way of like, you know, telling them that I care about them. You know, like I, yeah, like specifically with like Michael, you know, we, you know, we give him as much shit as we can, but it's just like, Michael, you didn't have a little brother. So I, I have to, yeah, I have to do that, you know, to take those little brother duties from your little brother that you never had, uh, just to, you know, just to be a shit and no it is kind of one of the good things though you know about working there where again like we are like a giant family you know like even i mean even with like ryan you know who's like our boss and stuff like i and i think it's a little different with you and i because of the relationship we have is a little bit different than most people but like the other day he was like he was talking about something and i was like i call him like a sociopath or something and they were like whoa like you call ryan a sociopath i'm like yeah why and they're just like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Like, I would never. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't know. You know, I'm just like, that's like the relationship that we have. Um, you know, like, and grind, granted, like, if, you know, if I was like going through a breakup or something, I wouldn't like, he wouldn't be the person I go to. And I'm just like, oh, man, you guys, right. what happened? But no, I mean, it's just, I, I guess we're kind of just rambling on now here. But, you yeah. know, the, the point we're trying to make is just, you know, don't, again, don't wait till somebody's dead to give them their flowers. Yeah, appreciate what and who you have in your life, and don't listen. Don't think you're any less of a man to tell anyone. Like we, we my my dad and my mom had a hard time expressing how much they love, you know, loved me and my brother. So in turn, I go out of my way and I tell Peyton like literally every time she comes into my cone of view, I say hi, P. I love you. And, you know, I'll, I'll pat her on the head when I walk by or I'll give a scratch her back or something like all the things that like I love that my dad did. Like he did, he never said, I love you, Dave. But like he would walk by and he would he would like rub my hair or something. And it was like my favorite thing. And so I do that to my daughter and we learn. And, and, and it's not because they didn't love. They just they came from stoic parents. You know, we're we're only a couple generations removed from like World War One. <laughs> so like these guys didn't know how to parent in a modern way. But um no, yeah, I, just, I get I get what you mean. Like it's kind of like with my uncles. Like uh, last weekend was Mother's Day, um, and that Sunday, <clears throat> that Sunday I went to to one of my uncles' house. Uh, it was it was two of my uncles and my dad, and like like especially now that like I'm older, like I don't know, like when I was younger, it'd be like with my uncles, it'd be like hello, and like I'd shake their hands, but now like. You know, like I'll greet them and they go to shake my hand. I literally just smack their hand away and give them like a hug, you know, where it's just like it's one of those things where it's like, all right, all right, macho guys, like now I'm going to tell you how much I love you and, you know, like give you guys hugs and stuff because, you know, I don't know. It's just it's it's just how I am now. I'm a very huggable guy. There there could be a time. And again, you know, we're bringing up death a lot because of, you know, Rocky, but like how many times have people gone to funerals and said, man, I wish, I wish I would have hugged him more or man, if I just told him I loved him and that, you know, that I appreciated him. And then there's people that go on and they have survivor's guilt because they, there are things left unsaid and like, you never want to live your life that way. Tell, tell people how you really feel. Um, be empathetic. And like, that's, but that's kind of been like a running theme with our, with our show for that, you know, and it's mostly when we're talking about entertainers, but yeah, tell them how much you love them. Like tell them how much their work meant to you. I like, I I recently just saw this uh, meme on Facebook where someone said, and this was about like treating your elders with kindness. 
And then it said, you know, treat the elderly with kindness because you don't know what they were before they were old. And then it would show like it would show like an old lady looking in a mirror and it was her young self as a nurse. Or you would have you know, an older gentleman and he was a scientist or a doctor or you'd have, you know, all these things like they lived a full life and like sometimes they go unappreciated in their old age. Like we're just we're all about the love, love, love the people in your life that deserve the love and show them and express it. And don't don't live with regret. That's like the, the biggest thing you'll hate about yourself is the things you didn't say or do when you could have, you know, and when you're faced with the finality of I'll never be able to do it again. And so I, I'm experiencing some of that now, like all the times I yelled at Rocky for barking at the door, even though like in my head, I know he's trying to protect us. He loves us or, you know. Like I said, begging for food. I used to be like, get out of here, Rocky. And now I'm like, all I want to do is feed him like pieces of chicken off my plate. And, you know, you can't do that all the time with your dogs. It's not healthy. But, you know, do it some of the time, I guess. Give them give them a little joy. <laughs> but Dave, if you pat, if I pass before you, I need you to to do something for me. And yes. I know Wes is list Wes uh, is listening, so he'll probably be able to help you because he knows a lot of musical people. Um, sure. You know how sometimes, like at funerals, they'll have like the what is it, like the people with bagpipes playing songs or whatever. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> when <laughs> when I pass, uh, first off, you, you guys can cremate me. I, I I really don't care. You can cremate me and put me in a fucking can of Dr Pepper. I I I mean, I'll be dead, so I don't really care. But I'm sure there will be some sort of like funeral procession thing. Um, I want people with bagpipes to come and play the 17 minute version of Inagata Devita. All right. <laughs> and I know what you're thinking. He said it doesn't matter. Like, no, no, no. Not the fucking the radio edit version where it's like four, three, four minutes. <laughs> I want the full 17 minute version. And anyone who leaves that funeral early, I want you to mark them down and, you know, yeah. just do what you got to do. Yeah. I, I was. I was hoping you were going to say, when I die, please make my skin into a bagpipe and have someone play me at me. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you could like, I mean, yeah. you know, it's like, a, it's like I say all the time. It's like, well, or, you know, you can plan all these things, but like if I die and everyone just like, not that they would, but like if all my family got together and they were like, you know what? Like, it's probably economically cheaper if we just, put them in like a glad bag and throw them away. Like I always tell Andy, if I die, don't buy an exercise coffin for me. Don't pay to get me burnt up. Just throw me off the side of a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Let nature take its course. Like I'm not very precious about my own remains, you know? And, and I always tell them too, like, I don't want a grave site. Cause that's the other thing too. Like, People die, and then you, you do move on, right? And then how many times have people felt guilty because they didn't go see the gravestone of their dad or something? Like, oh, visit your mom. Like, I don't want anyone to sit at my gravestone and just be depressed. Like, throw, if anything, on my birthday or on the day of my death, if you want to commemorate me, have a big barbecue or something. That I would have I would have loved that during my life. So do <laughs> honor me in my death with, with smoked meats. Another Another thing that you can do that – um, I don't know. Wes might be able to help you with this too. I don't know. I'm, I'm making you guys head of uh, my funeral planning committee. Uh, is if it's like an open casket thing, have a bunch of like Italian gangsters walk up <laughs> to my casket, but it has to be all, only if it's open casket, you know. And then just like start crying and be like, "We did it, boss. We did it." And then just walk away, like 
and just to confuse the fuck out of my family you know <laughs> like everyone would be like who the f- what the fuck what do they mean boss you know like have them put like a fake like uh uh what like a roll like a fake rolex or something like in there with me like you know in my pocket <laughs> or something just to like very very much confuse everyone and like just have them put Roman coins over your eyes. <laughs> yeah, you know, just something. Um, it's it's weird. So I kind of just moving the subject, like um, yeah, to something lighter. Uh, I yeah. was watching Creed too because I, I hadn't watched it at like I love Creed. Um, I'm not yeah. I'm not a boxing fan. I'm not a fan of boxing. Like uh, my dad's a boxer. I've never really cared for the Rocky movies. Um, Rocky Balboa is I think the only Rocky that I've seen in full and even oh. and even then yeah like it's considered not to be one of the best ones um but I I remember going into Creed the first one not knowing it was a a a, a, Rocky, a Rocky movie, movie. yeah no yeah. it was very much just like oh Michael B Jordan is in this hell yeah I love him let's let's watch it and like it's so good i i, I it's, oh, it's i just i love creed I, I love that movie so much and to the point where i didn't want to watch creed 2 because i was like there's no way it's going to be as good as the first one and it, it might just like i kind of compare it to guardians of the galaxy or like i love the first guardians of the galaxy movie and i not that i hate the second one but like i just I don't see how the same person did the first and the second one, you know, like it's, yeah. um, it's so, it's, I don't know. It's just weird to me where I'm just like this weird CGI battle with Kurt Russell where it's like, I'm Pac-Man. Like it's very just weird. Um, but I saw Creed too and it, it was actually, it was okay. It was decent, but there's like a scene and this one and the last one where like Rocky just shows up like every weekend and like uh leaves a bottle of alcohol for Polly and you know brings flowers to his wife and reads a newspaper and like all i could think of was like does someone have to come in and clean up those like does, like is like the janitor like oh yes it's sunday rocky brought me some more of this fucking uh you know whatever liquor it was and then like you just got to kind of pick up those flowers and throw them away like i don't know that's always been weird i i've not had much death in my family um, yeah. so I'm, I'm not like, you know, you know, like I don't go visit family members like, uh, in a cemetery or something like that. But that was just one of those things that again, like in watching the movie, I was like, like, is this janitor, the janitor who has like, someone has to come in or like the groundskeeper. Like, is he just picking up all these like bottles of alcohol that Rocky leaves behind? I don't know. Just a random thing, random thing I was thinking about. Yeah. I mean, you got, you got to like. I think they do like like when people leave a lot of flowers, they do eventually have to clear them. So like, I don't know, not not to bring it back to my dead dog, but like that's one of those jobs where I was like this, like the vet they had to do it. I was like, how do you do this job? Like it's so depressing. But like same thing with like a groundskeeper. Like people are leaving like flowers and like pictures and candles, and he's got to pick them all up and throw them in the garbage. That probably feels like shit. But you get the occasional bottle of booze. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, that, that's somewhat of the silver lining. Um, so I'm even cheering is Dave, uh, we're moving. Uh, so yes. yeah, so we talked, we had talked about it. I don't know if we talked about it. I, so, uh, there, there's the we new, men- we mentioned renovations. We mentioned renovations. So yeah. the office where I'm, where we've recorded most of these, where I'm currently sitting right now, 
Um, I don't, this space is going to become a hallway. So there, there's yeah. a new building being built. Um, it's ever changing. It's, it's constantly yeah. just in rotation. God knows what are, the final product will actually look like. Um, but they will be building a hallway where, again, where we currently are into the new building. And so we were either going to be forced to just kind of record what, and what was left of the room or like my suggestion was kick Ryan's dad out of his office because, um, yeah. I mean, just fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like Rick, but like he doesn't need an office. And no. so Ryan was like, okay, yeah, we'll do that. And then one day Rick came into work. He's like, <sighs> so I don't know if you heard the news. And I'm like, oh, well, what's up? He goes, Ryan's kicking me out of his office. Uh, Ryan's kicking me out of the office so that you guys can use it to record. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, we asked him to. He's like, what the fuck? Why? He goes, why don't you take the other office upstairs? It's so much bigger. And, uh, you know, I was just like, yeah, maybe, Rick. I don't know. I'll think about it. And then, like, me and Ryan uh, were making fun of Rick. I'm telling him the story. And he's like, well, he goes, if you want. He's like, I mean, the office is pretty big. You can go check it out if you want. And um, for those of you, most of you who have never been to the Pro Wrestling Tees offices or the PWT Cast Studio, uh, it, it again, it's three separate warehouses, one of them being renovated right now, one of them to storage where we do the crates from, and uh, this second one in the middle is where the freelance school used to be on top of, like, more storage. It, it looks like the inside of, like, a – or it looks like the back of, like, a Home Depot, essentially. And, uh, yeah. Right? I mean, it just kind of looks like a straight-up Home Depot, really. A lot um, of pallet racks, yeah. Exactly. And then, you know, Michael and Vinny have their offices on that first floor. On the second floor, me, Karima, uh, or us, Karima, Nick, and uh, Rick have their offices here. And then up on the third floor, it's a bunch of, like, businesses that have, were renting the offices before Ryan took over. Um, well, one of the guys left, and the office is pretty fucking big. And yeah. so Dave and I, you know, we're, we're taking over the office. We're going to, you know, renovate ourselves, paint it. Uh, and we'll be doing some like video stuff. Uh, finally, it'll be more of like a, of a bigger studio. Um, we were pretty excited about that. Like I, yeah. you know, it, there's more room for activities. So much more room for activities. Uh, like a friend of the show, Joshua Davis, like he sent me, um, and you, you did as well. It was like this new, uh, Andros, uh, red Ranger figure. Yes. And <laughs> I was time. I was like, dude, I was like, I was like, Oh, I was like, I want that so bad. I was like, I'm probably going to buy it. Cause since Ryan, since Ryan told me they were doing construction here, um, I've gotten an influx of a bunch of like action figures and Funko Pops, just either things I've bought for myself or gifts that people have given me, or things that I bought and like I forgot they were coming and they finally came, and I quickly ran out of space. Like very quickly, was just like, all right. And I also didn't want to open stuff up and then have to like figure out where the fuck it goes. Uh, you know, or just, it was, I have a lot of shit. I am a giant 12 year old for all intents and purposes. Uh, yeah. but the good thing at the office upstairs is that it has like these two really big shelves that I was like, Ooh, we can just put so much of our stupid bullshit on there. Because again, as much as of a giant 12 year old, I am, uh, Dave himself also loves, uh, you know, collecting yes. and all this stuff. So, um, yeah. Well, and, and when you were telling me about the office, well, cause like Ryan was like, Hey, do you want this bigger office? And I was like, yeah, sure. But like you described it so well. So like when we first started doing this, we were doing a lot of interviews deep in the bowels of the Logan Square Auditorium. And the the door, like the hallways look like uh, 
kind of like detective agencies, like in like the Matrix or it looked uh, like old Hollywood. Yeah, it looked like yeah. So you would have like the wooden door, and then you would have like it, it reminded me of like uh, what's his name Eddie Valiant's office and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yes. You'd have like a door, and then above it, you'd have like a glass window pane, so you could kind of see into the room. And when we went in there, I was like, dude, we should totally put Scrump and Stank's detective agency on this. And I, th- I think we should do it. Like, dude. we'll definitely have PWT cast stuff once you enter the room. But <laughs> could you imagine the people walking through there and be like, there's a fucking private investigator office up here? Like, it would be so funny. And they're called Scrump and Stank? What the fuck? Well, I remember uh, – it's, it's funny. First off, Scrum and State Detective Agency, uh, our mystery crime uh, conspiracy theory show coming this fall. Um, yes. But, uh, yeah, like, again, it was very much that, like – because at first I was like, I don't know, like, sure, let me go look at this second office. I don't know how big it will be because I'll tell you what. There's one right across, right across from us that is a lot bigger, and it has a fake fireplace. And a I, better feature, oh, yeah. And a I, wall feature, and I really want that one. But yeah, but Ryan said no. <laughs> yeah. But also, I was like, we could just buy a fake fireplace and put it there. Yes, uh, or get some sort of like wall decal and you know have like a, a faux fireplace there. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, very much that. Like you mentioned, it just it feels like old school, and like you you haven't even seen the front. Like it at some point, it clearly was like offices where they had like a receptionist because there's like a reception mm-hmm. desk and stuff like that. Um, but clearly you don't use that shit anymore. And yeah, so the PWT cast offices are, you know, uh, become a little bigger, a little bit different. And that, that is one of the things with like, with us kind of transitioning into like, we've been doing this for almost two years now. I think the next logical step is do video stuff. Yeah. You know, and- I don't, we've, we've always kind of talked about it, but like one, when we started out, we were, we were very nomadic. Like we were just carrying our equipment with us. Mostly it was you carrying it. And then I would just go where you were going. But then, you know, we started the office thing. And then like, you, first of all, there's, there've been a few people that have been in the office because of the pandemic, hit. but like everyone that's gone in there said, wow, this is a, this is a palace to everything you guys like, you know what I mean? You made it very cozy, but now we kind of have our own very dedicated space where we're going to do cool stuff. And, we've always talked about doing video. Hey, like what if we did a green screen somewhere? We got like a nice video set up. And so this kind of affords us those opportunities as we're building it. And part of that is you guys buying shirts and helping us out. And to all the Patreon subscribers that we love, 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 I mean the support and, you know, the financial support's great, but like also people retweeting or just messaging us, telling us how much you love the show or how much it meant to you or, you know, we did a movie review and that reminded you of something else. And like these, you know, this is what we talked about earlier. You telling us how much you love us while we're still here and not at our funeral does wonders for our confidence. So, uh, you guys, you guys have been a big part of all of this. Yeah. I'll tell you what. So we have, uh, so cousin Jeremy has, um, uh, a helper now, you know, he, he works in, in the warehouse over here and, um, needed a helper it's just it's a lot of shit and so he has uh a a fellow by the name of raul helping him and uh his first day here um i was i was down in the warehouse helping as well and so it's you know he and i and we're just kind of talking and i'm like oh yeah jeremy this jeremy that and he goes cousin jeremy he like he's saying cousin jeremy and i'm like uh oh oh, i was like i'm sorry i was like i call him cousin jeremy i was like he's actually he goes oh no no yeah he's like oh no no i i listen to the podcast he goes 
so that that he was the one calling him cousin Jeremy. I was the one just calling him like regular Jeremy, you know. Yeah. And then he, you know, he was just like, oh yeah, like he was just telling me how much like of a fan that he was and stuff like that. And yeah, like I, I love I love when people tell us that, you know, because it's yeah. again, um, <laughs> very much like uh, like I had the conversation uh, this morning where I like most every weekend. I typically do like a Q&A over on my Instagram and I'm always just convinced that it's me yelling into the void and no one's listening or cares. But like, uh, you know, a friend was like, oh, I love when you do these. She was like, it's what I, like actually one of the things like I look forward to. And I was like, why? Like, why do you care what I have to say? But it's very much the same thing with this podcast where, um, you know, sometimes we, we just, you know, we'll sit here and we'll talk about, just random shit and i'm like oh no one's gonna care and then i'll get text messages from people where they're like oh my god that was fucking hilarious i can't believe you guys talked about that like and that's what we love we love to hear those kinds of things but you 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 mentioned the patreon uh people and of course yeah like huge shout out to all the patron supporters again if you're interested in signing up it's uh patreon.com forward slash pwtcast and you might hear your name shouted out uh like some of the people here clifford frazier uh you know one of our biggest supporters this man's been counting down since like episode one you know for for episode 100 uh we have jesse kohlenberg who you mentioned the t-shirts earlier man bought some of the t-shirts you know he picked he picked him up uh go go scrump and stank as well as the scrump and stank family video t-shirt so shout out jesse mark villanueva of course our little buddy joshua davis who also bought himself a go go scrump and stank t-shirt and uh you know he, he might have some other goodies coming in with that order uh ryan mears who of course he he followed up with uh, our message um last week talking about the invincible comic books and showed off he whipped out his giant invincible yeah you know comic book collection and oh, just looked so impressive uh our man neil flanagan who of course uh we're gonna be recording with him soon uh for scrump and stings family video i can't wait to to bring that up shannon howenick uh you know I, I wished her a happy american mother's day i forgot to follow up on if it's the same as canadian mother's day but uh shout out shannon regardless uh our boy jonathan uh mayor as well a uh, hot topic joe uh again we just reviewed the crow with him um last week and i loved talking about the crow with him because like he had such like a a, a deep knowledge of it that like yeah I, I almost felt like underprepared where I was just like, oh, fucking, I guess I, you know, I was like, I, I guess I don't know as much of the crow as I did, but no, love Hot Topic Joe. Um, can't wait to see him again. Uh, our man, Ryan Crossley as well. Ryan, big supporter. You know, I, I did his podcast. We both have done his podcast. Uh, wonderful man. Uh, the lovely Taffy, who was at the GCW show last night. Uh, I was I was watching her Instagram story. Looked like fun. Mox showed up, you know, Mox versus Nick, Nick Gage. Which, uh, <laughs> it seems like big things are a brewing. Yeah, yeah, that looks like fun. Uh, Vivian, I, I talk about Vivian every week. You know, she's almost like a third man on this show. Uh, shout out Vivian, of course. Love Vivian. Uh, our boy Anthony Torres, we'll be recording with him as well, too. We're going to be talking to Mummy with him. Very excited to, to talk to him because he's also, like a, again, like a very big supporter, always posting about us, retweeting us. Uh, and yeah, you know, shout out Anthony. Uh, of course, the great and powerful. These, these three men from, from the post-wrestling universe, uh, Brandon from New Jersey, W.H. Park, and John Ceno, uh, you know, as, as much as I love the post-wrestling universe, it, it's wonderful to know that they love me back because these guys support us and I can be, you know, couldn't thank them enough. 
Uh, and then, of course, last but not least, my godfather, Jesus, Jesus, uh, he's also been boxing. Like, I, because, again, I follow him on social media. And, uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, breaking news. Um, Michael just posted this, and I accidentally clicked on it. He's having a girl. Oh, shit. Yeah. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. I called it from the beginning. This poor Monica has had to put up with these stinky boys in her house, and it's about time they got some sweetness in there. So congratulations. Also, we weren't invited to this gender reveal? What the fuck? Yeah, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but, baby. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> this, this, I'm already not a fan of this little Heredia baby. All right. Yeah. I, I was at least invited to Matthews. Uh, but no, shout out again. Hey, shout out to all our patrons and then shout out to the baby Heredia. Uh, can't wait to meet her. Um, yeah, Dave, I, I, the one the one thing I can wait to meet, though, and I, I, I can put off for a while, though, is uh, Venom 2. Did you watch this trailer for for this second Venom movie? Yeah. Well, let me ask you, what did you think about it? <laughs> you know you know what's funny that's what i thought about venom one i was yeah. like well, for, it, it flares up my my nerd senses because there's so much stuff wrong with having a venom movie without spider-man involved to top it off and then uh, so so, Hart- so really quick really quick really really quick yeah. for those of you guys unaware who are asking why is there a venom movie without like Spider-Man being involved in stuff, it's because Sony owns the rights to Venom, and Sony is convinced right. that they can make Spider-Man universe movies without having Spider-Man in them, and they'll be successful. In the case of they filmed the Morbius movie, they're like yeah. working on all these Spider-Man adjacent characters, and they came out with with Venom, you know. So that that's why. But like, go ahead, Dave. I just I know some yeah. people might but, not be in the know, but like Venom very specifically is a very Spider-Man centric villain, like famously has a spider symbol on his chest. And the reason for his being is because he hates Spider-Man. Like it's, it's ridiculous. Like, and then Tom, Tom Hardy. I love him. I love Tom Hardy. Please, please stop trying to do different accents in your movies. (laughs) It's just like him walking around and Hey, I'm Eddie Brock over here. I'm, I'm a reporter. Hey, you believe my reporter voice, right? I'm doing some reporting. And it's just like, oh, yuck. But I will say I saw the Venom 2 trailer and I I kind of liked it more than I liked the Venom movie because now it seems like it's it's being a, it's got it's more Deadpool in tone. And I know, listen, I'm with a lot of people when they say enough with Deadpool. I'm with you. But it seemed a little more fun and it seemed like it wasn't taking itself so seriously. So. Definitely, definitely a step up from Venom One, but again, it's a Venom movie without Spider-Man. You're doomed to fail. Come on. See, my my problem with with these Venom movies is first off, yeah, you're right, it shouldn't exist. Um, I, I like I remember, it might have been Mark Bernardin from uh, Fat Man Beyond, the podcast he does with Kevin Smith, where he had talked about like how hard would it have been. It's to wait, wait for this movie, postpone it for look, listen, Spider-Man is already going into space. You could have put some sort of, you know, he's on the guardian ship and they're like, Hey, don't touch that. And he touches whatever it is. And that's it. You know, you see him interact with the symbiote or something, something, something. 
No, instead they just went ahead and did it. I'm also someone under the belief that Tom Hardy is wrongly cast in the MCU. He should be Wolverine. Yeah. You know, Wolverine is okay. a, Wolverine is a short, swole dude. Which don't let Hollywood fool you. Tom Hardy is a short guy. You know, he's like I think he's like five yeah. ten. Uh, I also learned this weekend that Spike Dudley and Adam Cole are the same height, but that's a different conversation for a different uh, <laughs> time. But no, Tom Hardy should be Wolverine. You know, like I, I Eddie Brock to me no and it's oh. yeah i don't know it's weird and again i'm just i went in with an open mind for venom 2 because again i i hated the first one like it was there was just so much i don't know it just i ugh, i just did not like it and well, with the, also, as a comic book nerd like i love spider-man and i've loved venom since you know venom came out like i've had enough of these venom like I'm not, a, I'm not a huge Carnage fan. Like when that came out, I was like, "All right, this is a, a, we get it. This is like Edge Lord Venom." And then you know, then you have Toxin come out, and now you've got Anti Venom, and then you got all the symbiotes, Fury and Rage, and whatever. It's like, uh, and like now in the comic books, Venom is like king of the symbiotes. In, it's just like it's a it's a bit much. Yeah, I mean. I know my nephew's super into like those symbiotes. I know a lot of kids are super into like those symbiotes and stuff, but yeah, it, it, I mean, Hey, clearly we're not the target audience for that. So, you know, you know, someone will find something to love in that uh, trash heap that they're making over there. Exactly. Someone will find something to love in that. And I don't know. I just, I was very disappointed in that. I'm just like, you know, at least they gave Woody Harrelson a better wig this time. Um, yeah. but I was a little bummed with that, but I, I conversely, I had the exact 180 of that when I found out that, uh, Dave Batista has been cast in Knives Out too. Um, they've been, they've been announcing a lot of like people being cast for, and, and for, the, for those of you guys unaware, um, Knives Out to, you know, it's a sequel kind of, um, to the, 2019 movie knives out which is a great fucking movie like oh excellent i I definitely think we gotta we we gotta talk about it at some point um but yeah they're so they're doing another movie basically set within the universe uh following um what's his face uh daniel craig his character like uh something benoit um but yeah they've uh they've added um what's it in Catherine dehan um Dave Batista, Janelle Monet, and uh, Ed Norton to it, and it's basically just following him. You know, a, a different story, not necessarily the exact same thing, but um, very excited because again, like knives out that first one. Like it's it's directed by Ryan Johnson, who did uh, Looper, um, The Last Jedi, uh, Brick, and um, like I liked Looper, but I wasn't. Uh, the biggest fan of the last jedi as many of you guys could surmise by uh a tone in my voice and um <laughs> no so i i kind of just went into knives out like oh whatever it's got it's got, knives out for, for those of you guys unaware a massive massive fucking cast uh I'm, I'm pulling it up now just because it's one of those movies where you're just like what the fuck like i i like how do they get all these people? Um, of course, you have Daniel Craig, you have Chris Evans, Anna DeArmas, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, Don Johnson, Tony Collette, Lakeith Stanfield, Chris Plummer, um, Catherine Langford. Like it's just it's a giant fucking cast. 
you know, like so many people in it and great movie, like great fucking movie. It's like, if you're into like mystery movies, it's like a fun little mystery movie. Um, well also like if you like, if you like the oceans movies, it's very oceans esque where like you get all these elaborate sequences and then like all is revealed at the end and you're like, wow, they really stuck the landing on that. Yes, very much. So, um, obviously like I saw the first movie is like, fuck yeah. And then I believe Netflix like paid him a fuck ton of money for like, Hey, can we it was like 400 million? Yeah. Like, can we have like the next like two or three sequels? And he was just like, yes, you can. Here you go. Um, so that's pretty fun. Like Dave Batista, I want to see him thrive in Hollywood. He's someone who's interesting. Like I, you know, I, I, most people know him as, you know, just regular Dave Batista, the wrestler. He was in, was it like iron fist? It was like the uh, someone, someone in the Wu Tang made like a a samurai movie, um, like a martial uh, arts movie. It's uh, yeah, the man, yeah, he was brass body in that movie. Well, I gotta say, like, I was never the biggest fan of Batista as a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Like, he had a cool look and everything, but like, he was very much like. Um, like if you were 12 years old in the early 2000s and you were doing a creative wrestler and then you're like, oh, make him jacked, but give him like a soul patch and like <laughs> look at these sweet tattoos, you know, and it, it just looked like like if someone made a generic indie fed wrestler. Um, and then, you know, there, there were accounts of him being a shithead when he was younger. I guess not when he was younger. He was, he was actually kind of old by the time he was a wrestler, but like in his early career. But seeing Dave Batista now, and then just the way he interacts, like right after his run with the WWE, and then immediately after his MMA fight, um, he just seems like the coolest. Well, he collects lunchboxes, and he's just he's very loving. He's very generous with people, and like seeing that kind of energy from that type of a guy is like it's so refreshing. And so, you know. <laughs> The, the rock really broke it open. Like some people say like Hulk Hogan was the mold, but you can't really name that many Hulk Hogan movies that were that good. You know, you may like them, but they weren't good. And really the rock kind of broke that open for everyone. And then, you know, you, you got John Cena stepping through the door. You got uh, Dave Batista. And like, anytime I see him get cast in something and just like the relationship he has with uh, James Gunn, like, a great dude i hope him he gets all the success and he's like he's like custom built for action movies so like good for him i mean on top of like he he is someone who like he wants to be a diverse actor like he wants to just yes you know like he talked about like he he took the role in um blade runner 2049 because he was like he wanted something different he's in mm-hmm. uh dune you know he he was in what he he uh, he wanted to so badly work with Taika Waititi for what we do in the shadows that he was just like, please, I'll do this for free. Which I guess apparently is the thing where he'll be like, he'll tell these people like, I'll work for free. And his agent was like, you got to stop telling people you're going to work for free. Like, <laughs> we, you know, like we need to get paid. Like, um, but, but you this, know, this shows you how much he loves the craft. Like, you you go from <laughs> from bouncing, bodybuilding, and then to wrestling, and now this. Like, this is good, good for him, man. Dude, he's talked about <clears throat> how he. He wanted to be Bane. He's wanted to yes. play Bane, and Warner Brothers just keeps saying no, and it's crazy. Like, just to be Bane, he's Bane. Yeah, let him fucking be Bane, but just no, they insist they don't want him to. Um, but like recently this week, it came out where he Warner Brothers pitched a meeting with him where they were like, or no, Universal, they're like, hey, come, 
uh come talk to us about like uh being in the next the next fast and furious movie and he was just like no i, I really I, he was like i don't really want to do that he's like but let's talk about making a gears of war movie because he's also someone who's been a big fan of gears of war and has wanted to make like a gears of war movie i myself i'm not familiar with the property i've never played the game but it, oh, he looks like a living gears of war character which is been like the thing the the general consensus amongst most people yeah. um so good for him like i i hope that he blows up in the stratosphere like uh, you know he's also talking about how he's like i don't know i don't think marvel really cares about the character of drax he's like so this might be the last time i played drax which again would be a bummer like i know he was pissed off that like when they announced all these like tv shows um like guardians kind of got the short you know short end of the stick because they got that Christmas special, but that's pretty much it. And to me, it is yeah. a little crazy that like the it, like the Guardians almost felt like perfect for one of those Netflix shows, you know? Yeah, and the other thing, like for a lot of people, when Guardians came out, and I, I know you were one of them, you're like, "What the fuck is Guardians of the Galaxy?" Like, no one gave it a shot. And when it, and then especially like I know who Drax is in the comic books, but again, not like a top tier character. And then when I found out Dave Batista was going to be it, like this, like, this is like kind of when he was starting, and I was like, "Oh, that's going to be hot garbage." <laughs> but when you when you watch Guardians and even Guardians Two, um, and even there's like there's a scene in Endgame where he's just like stabbing the shit out of like a, a monster. Like he was one of the most surprisingly pleasant parts of the movie. Like God, yeah, that's just, like every every beefy meathead that gets into movies wants to be uh arnold schwarzenegger i got the cool one-liners i'm covered in bandoliers and i'm shooting a machine gun he's like yeah i'll play an idiot whatever you know what i mean and it works so good so you know i'll, I'll watch anything batista's in oh for even, sure. even stuber <laughs> I, i've actually not seen that one yet but i, I very much want to watch it because uh, I'm a fan of him and Kumail, so I yeah. I very much want to see um, <clears throat> that one as well because again, like I mentioned, like Dave's an awesome dude, like and yeah. I I support him and I you know I I want to see that um, very quickly because we we did mention we would talk about Invincible and we'll get into that um, something that was like brought to my attention that I've been talking about it nonstop to people. Um, is the song Hey Ya by Outkast. Um, Holy shit. Okay, go. go. So it, we listened to Hey Ya five times today. Really? Yes. <laughs> is it for the same it reason that I'm about to talk? I I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> so uh, it was brought to me, it was brought to my attention via like a TikTok where they were just like, if you read the lyrics of the song, it's actually like, it's a pretty depressing song. It's a sad song. Like it, it's, you know, up until the, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, part, like, it's him talking about, like, you, you know, it's it's him talking about two people stuck in a relationship solely yeah. based on, like, oh, well, you know, it's, like, it, because of tradition, essentially, you know, because we don't know any better, we're going to be stuck in this relationship, and that's kind of just that, and, like, again, reading more, like, reading the lyrics, it's like, no, he's definitely talking about, like, I don't get it. Like why, you know, why is love the exception if nothing lasts yes. forever? And like straight up at one point says like, but you don't care. Like, uh, you know, he's like, but you don't care. I'm going to just 
so I'm, you guys just want to dance something along those lines of like you don't care you just want to dance and then that's when he goes into like all right all right and it's cover it's like thinly veiled in this like very poppy catchy like song dance song that like for me it's just it's one of those instantly recognizable songs that you know you tap your foot to you want to dance to every time you hear it but like what the fuck man it's like it's so much sadder of a song than i remembered well you know it's funny like a lot of really popular songs like nobody ever really like listens to the lyrics but oddly enough the kind of melancholy that the song is talking about is totally underneath like the happiest sounding song like for some reason it came up last night while we were doing crafts and then like literally like four times like twice on the way to the softball game and then literally on the same station it played 10 minutes apart from each other like we played it and then we had to go on the phone on the car and then when we came back it was back on again and like we were all singing it and we were like i kept telling annie i was like this this has got to be one of the happiest feeling songs on the planet like i know people there's happy the song happy which is good but like almost everybody perks up when they hear hey ya you know what i mean like whatever genre of music you like it's an infectious song but yeah so odd that that came up no like definitely like it's so like i spoiled up i specifically pulled up some of the lyrics um uh it's like if what they say is nothing is forever then what makes you know what makes love the exception so why oh why oh are we so in denial when we know we're not happy here followed by y'all don't want to hear me you just want to dance and it's just like oh fuck yeah like you mentioned like i this led me down a rabbit hole of like a ton of songs where it's like um like fuck which was it's like one by like uh um i'll be watching you where they're like this isn't like a romantic song like that's a song that people play at like weddings or like it's like sting is a stalker he is stalking You know, he is stalking a woman in that song. Um, very much like, like I, I, like I remember growing up and it was like, Hey there, Delilah. It was about a girl that like the guy from the plate wine tees met once. And then like, she went, you know, like she lived in like New York with her boyfriend, but like made this like very sweet sounding song. But it's like, uh, no dude, like she has a boyfriend, like, come on, bro. Don't be fucking, yeah. don't be weird about it. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things, and like I, it more so like to me, it happens a lot more so with Spanish songs, where like now that I'm older and understand Spanish more, like I'll read the lyrics and it's just like, oh, this song's like fucked up, or like like there's this one song, um, it's called it's it's just about the Iron Giant, <laughs> like it's literally just about the Iron Giant, and I'm like listening to it and I'm like, what? Like it's this whole dance song about the Iron Giant. That's fucking weird, you know. Um, there's like another song about like the this dude being in, like. There's, so there's this one specific song called Obsession, which like yeah, of course. In, in like off the top of your head, you're like, oh, well, clearly this guy's obsessed with her, and the whole song is him like um, like calling this girl at like five in the morning, and she picks up, and he's like, shh, don't speak, just listen. And he's telling it's this whole ballad, which again sounds like super romantic, but he's just like, You change your number, your friends won't give it to me. I got one of them to give it to me. You're still ignoring my calls. Like, please, I love you. And just very like fucked up, you know? And like it's just always funny to me because 
again, it's just it, they sound very catchy and stuff like that. Like there's there's one specific example. That'd be my last example. But again, it's another like Spanish song. It's the it's these two dudes, Don Omar and um, Romeo Santos. They're they're going back and forth. The whole song is like. Uh, the one dude Romeo talking about like yeah you know me and my girl we love each other um, you know I, I'm so happy to be with her and then Don Omar is like oh, yeah me and my girlfriend we're having trouble and like you find out they're having trouble because his girlfriend is the other dude's girlfriend and like she feels guilty about cheating on him and like at the end of the song like Don Omar is like like you know Romeo's like oh he's like you know, like, fuck you guys, like, I hate you, essentially, and Donald Mars like, yeah, <sighs> but think about it from my perspective, I lost a girlfriend and a best friend, and it's like, fuck you, dude, like, you cheat, like, you were committing adultery with your best friend's, like, girlfriend, like, I don't feel any sympathy towards you, but again, because it's this, like, poppy, catchy dance song, like, I never once dissected the lyrics, and now that I did, I'm like, man, that's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. It it was it struck me with like with Hey Ya specifically where like seeing and there's so many like dissection videos of it like on YouTube now and I'm just like did Andre 3000 know that you know this was going to be the future of this song like you know 20 years after it came out or was he just like cuz Andre 3000's a pretty fucking weird dude. Yeah, like 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 we whenever we do crafts on Saturday, we listen to music and then it came up on the TV and we were watching it. And then, um, you know, like if you watch the video it and the whole series of videos is like the, the love Below's versus the speaker boxes. And this was when outcast came out with like dual solo albums as their outcast album. And like, you know, this also might be a reference to like Outcast kind of being on the verge of breaking up because mm-hmm. like this was kind of like the last time that they did an Outcast album and then they just separated. And like if you chart how Andre 3000 starts, like he's just like a, a normal like Atlanta rapper and then he just gets progressively weirder. And then like once uh, Stankonia hits, that's you really see him starting to, you know, he's starting to wear dandy clothes and stuff and he's being a little more eccentric and a little more fashion forward. And, uh, he kind of outgrew like his rap phase. Like, Hey, yeah, it's not even really that much of a rap song. If you listen to it, well, no, not at all. It's, it's weird to just see his progression and like also kind of refreshing. Like, Hey, if you feel yourself evolving, don't, don't keep yourself in the box. You know, it's going to hurt. It, it hurt big boy. Cause I don't think big boys put out really a successful solo album, but you can't sacrifice your personal growth for others. Like spread those wings and fly, bro. Exactly. Um, so, you know, finally we'll, we'll talk about invincible again. If, if you haven't seen it, um, just spoilers. Yeah. It's going to be massive spoilers going on, which has been out for a while now. And I, I think more people are starting to, you know, catch wind of it and are starting to watch it yeah. now, but yeah, I mean, we're definitely going to talk about it. So, again, if you haven't watched it, um, well, spoilers ahead. So you've been warned. Um, Dave, what's kind of your overall feelings on the show? Like, uh, we'll just we'll go into a little bit of Scrub and Steak Family video. How do you feel about the about the show kind of just as a whole before we get into, like, the specifics of it? So I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I've seen Invincible in comic book, uh, like, shelves before. 
And, you know, we talked about it in, um, in our movie review of the crow, the crow also was a very popular owner, like uh, creator owned book. But I looked at it and on the surface, I was like, this looks stupid, right? It looks real edgy and like for edgy's sake. And like, um, same thing for the walking dead. I didn't originally read the walking dead when it first came out. Like I was maybe like six months out and then I was like, all right, I'll read it. And you know, there's just some things at face value. You just prejudge. Um, and you'll see that not just in comic books, but like how many people do you know are like, I've never watched Game of Thrones and they're proud of it or like yeah, Breaking Bad, not for me. And that may be any one of you listening. I'm not judging because I was one of those people. I got into Game of Thrones late and then I loved it. But this was definitely one of those as a comic book. And then by extension, the show, um, at first glance, the animation looks really cheap. First, I don't know what it is about it. It just looked cheap. And simple, I guess you could say simple, simplistic. Yeah. Um, but especially like when we're getting like really high end animation in like a lot of like Netflix stuff, I was just like, and then also Amazon prime, not being a primary source of my viewing, you know, they, they got a ton of good stuff on there, but it's just like, I never think, I always think Hulu, Netflix, YouTube TV. And like, I, I, Amazon prime is the last thing I think of. So um, I didn't really give it a chance. I saw it and then I saw people posting about it. And then, so like my workspace at home is in the living room and I got a desk. And then before my stepson got his new job, which by the way, he got a job. Great. I'm Hell happy, yeah. <laughs> but he would, you know, he was lazy. He was sitting around the house. He'd play video games. And then like, sometimes he would come up and watch stuff on the good TV, which was right next to where I was working. And he was playing, he was watching Invincible and I was annoyed. I was like, oh, I got to listen to this fucking shit show. Again, I was wallowing in my prejudice against it for no reason other than it looked dumb to me on the comic book pages. And then as I'm listening to it, I'm recognizing all these voices. You know what I mean? I, I, rec- I knew Stephen Young was in it, but I recognized that. And then uh, J.K. Simmons and then really this entire Mark Hamill's in this. And I'm like, and I'm listening to it and it had a really good soundtrack. Like, you know, we'll get into it, but like the Mahler twins, their theme was run the jewel songs. I was like, wow, I was like, wow, this is really good. And then finally I took a lunch break and I just kind of sat down on the couch next to him and I just saw some of it. Like I was trying not to spoil myself. And then I had to get up. I was like, I'm just going to watch this show. And since I watched it, I cannot stop thinking about it. I think about it every day. In fact, so they really they really turned me around on this one from from judging a book by its cover to now I've actually actively sought out getting the comic books to read. So that's kind of where I am with this. How about you? Uh, so I I had seen or well, I had heard uh, Robert Kirkman, um, the the creator of you know The Walking Dead as well as yeah. uh, you know Invincible. Um, <clears throat> He'd been on Fat Man Beyond, and he talked about it without spoiling anything. You know, he he kind of right. just talked about how this book and The Walking Dead. He was broke. He was broke, broke, broke. Came out with this book and The Walking Dead. Like a few months later, I was kind of just like, "All right, now nah, it's now or nothing." <laughs> and boy, did those investments pay off. So, and, yep. and, and you know, kind of him just like I'm very much. I I enjoy like uh, the whole like 
the tr- the like making fun of the superhero tropes. You know, yeah. Like I love the boys because you know it ultimately answers the question like what if the just like like what if Superman were evil? Mm-hmm. And which if you thought that show answers it, wait till you fucking. Ooh. Ooh, wait till you get to this Both one. Both maniacs. Yeah, uh, you know, Omni Man makes fucking uh, what's his name from uh, the boys. Uh, you know, their evil fucking Superman makes it makes him look like a child. Like he is so yep. he is so good. But no, I again. So I, I heard him talk about it, and they had released it was like the first three episodes. And then after that, it was going to be weekly. Um, and I was just like, oh, I'll wait. Because at the time, Falcon Winter Soldier was going on, and I was just like, I'll wait. I don't want to stay up. I mean, because they both came out the same day, too, so I was like, oh, I was like, I I just, I I can't do it. I'm like, it's fine. I'll wait. And so once Falcon Winter Soldier finished, I saw a lot of people talking about Invincible, and it was very much one of those things where I was like, all right, I don't want it to get spoiled for me, so I'll just start watching it. And you watch the first episode, and... It doesn't catch your attention, at least I don't know, me personally until speaking. Yeah. Until the end, it's kind of, it's kind of pretty just generic. Yeah. For like the first, you know, for the first two quarters, two thirds of the fucking episode, and then once it gets to like the last half of it, man, does it just it goes, it it takes you there, and instantly I was just like, I gotta watch more. Like I stopped myself after two episodes because I was like. I know that I will binge watch them all tonight and then come into work exhausted, uh, complaining about like, oh, I was up all night watching Invincible, you know, like, and I didn't want to do that. So, of course, I was just like, all right, well, I'll, you know, I'll settle my little tea kettle here and, and just wait. But no, man, the show, it, it's so good. Like, you know, the main character in Mark, um, you kind of see him and I feel like in a real in a in a more real world version of the teenager or the high schooler who's also a superhero. Right. Because you kind of have like I was rewatching Endgame the other or Infinity War the other day. And Spider Man you know, like he just he jumps out of the bus. One of his classmates would have fucking seen him, if not one of the people on that bridge yeah. would have fucking seen him. If yeah. it's also not that hard to like Hey, where'd Peter? Where'd Peter go? It, it, you know, and I get yeah, it. You're popular supposed, enough. Yeah, you're supposed you're supposed to suspend your disbelief. I get it. It's just it's a little harder sometimes because so many other shows, so many, so much other things have done it better as far as like ex, you know <laughs> just explaining it. And with this, it, it like no, you know, like very quickly people start to find out and kind of piece together who he is and like what's going on and like real problems where it's like, listen, you can be a superhero, but like you have to, and if you want a girlfriend, like you have, you have to figure out a way to make right. that fucking work because like there, there is no easy, Oh, okay. This is, you know, do a, B and C and that's, and that's how it is. Like, no, it is not easy for him. So kind of seeing that, you know, as well as like, you know his dad and Omni Man. You see the struggle of him. Where like, and I feel like it's almost why I've always been attracted to the character of Doctor Manhattan. Where like, he should not give a fuck. He he is so he is he is an, an omnipotent being that does not care. You know, like the only reason he is stuck around is for Silk Spectre. 
You know, like there's the the specific line in Watchmen where he's just like, you were the only thing I cared about. And like, now that I don't have you, like, why would I care about your little blue planet? And I very much feel the same way with Omni-Man where, you know, his, his story is essentially, he is from like a, you know, a, a, a race of superhuman, like gods essentially. And they go planet to planet and conquer them and make them part of this galactic federation he came to Earth ready to enslave everyone, but then meets his wife. You know? Right. And it's not and then it's heartbreaking when you find when like later on he's just like, listen, for all intents and purposes, your mother is a pet to me. Ooh. Which I feel kind of like I, I feel he was more so saying that just to like get under Mark's skin because you see like like he could crush her, you know, by snap by by snapping his fingers too hard you know he could instantly kill her and there are scenes where like you can see like he very much care he very much cares about this woman and so like the whole facade of like no 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 like i don't really care about your mother i didn't buy that all too much because again it's like my dude you're saying one thing but clearly mean another uh you know, again, just an interesting character. I was a little bummed out. One of my fa- one of my characters that I was uh, really into was um, the, the Damien Darkblood, the detective. It reminded me a lot of yeah. like Hellboy. Hellboy, and, yeah. And it was like an interesting story where they're like his story was uh, he was trying to redeem his soul, you know, by solving these mysteries or whatever. And people were kind of just like, no, he's a hack, like. He's someone that I was a little bumped out. They took him out earlier in the season. Um, there was like the whole subplot with like the robot man that that was kind of that was so fucked up. Where like yeah, <laughs> man, and it's just I mean, I see. I don't want to get into like another hour and a half of just fucking talking about the show, but like I mean, ultimately for our first for for this first season. Oh, and then you know, conversely, Robert Kirkman does come back at the end of the you know comes back to Fat Man Beyond to talk about like everything and i i was i'm totally with you like i downloaded um what's that comiXology because you get like a free week trial and i I, like i blasted through like the first you know the first issue and there's definitely some differences some similarities as well like there's some fun things where so like in the show you have reginald bell johnson high school which is uh I, i think we talked about it last week you know it's he's the character who plays um carl winslow yeah, you have, matters, yeah, yeah. He he plays professor. You have Reginald L. Johnson voicing Professor Winslow on the show. Uh, like, it's just there's fun little nods to that. Like you mentioned, like all the the titles of the books are based on like sitcoms. Like, I like that. I love like super like nerdy shit like that. And on, Easter eggs, exactly. And you know what? And like full transparency. After we're done recording here, um. There's this cool comic book shop here in the city. It's called Alley Cat Comics. Like, it is literally a hole in the wall. Like, you have, it's, you go down this, like, gangway, and then the comic book shop is there. It's this really nice comic book shop. That's where I went and met, uh, you know, those Power Rangers I took pictures with. Like, I want to go there because, one, support small businesses, you know? Like, sure, it's easy to go to Amazon or uh, Barnes & Noble, but, like, support small businesses, you know, comic book shops and stuff like that. Um, but like, I, I need more, I want more in my life. It was very much just like, like I have to wait now. What the fuck, man? (laughs) Um, but yeah, like it's, I mean, 
if any of you guys like if you guys enjoyed the boys and you know the watchmen kind of just you know not your typical superhero thing i very much think you'll enjoy this if anything just based on like how excellently like told the story is you know because it's like like it's not a hard story to tell you know they're not they're not reinventing the wheel it's a it's a pretty simple story but yeah. the way you have the dynamic you have the the relationship between mark and his father and like his father essentially finds out you know is is evil superman and he has left the choice of like you know who who do you feel you belong to the, you know the viltrumites or the earthlings and he picks earth and you see him face the consequences for that. And that was a thing too, that I enjoyed that they didn't just like, and he beat his dad. And that is that like, no, there was, you know, like they, it was more realistic. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta say like the thing that I love the most, first of all, like Omni man is my favorite part of the the whole show. I, I think that's for a lot of people, but like, I think what, makes it stick the landing so hard is that even after the first episode where he he just destroys the guardian of the the globe right there's still a part of you that thinks oh he did it for a reason and then they establish him as like a really great dad (laughs) like he has his moments where he's stern and he's you know uh he's just a stern dad but like just the voice and the way he looks and the mustache makes him seem like very fatherly. I think that was a very smart choice on their part, but like, just imagine like, well, just imagine, brother, you're having, you're, you're having a relationship with your dad. And then your dad's like, all right, um, now you have to beat up all your friends. And you're like, what? He's like, yeah, that's just, that's just something we're going to do. And then you're like, what are you talking about? No, those are my friends. And then imagine your dad just flipped and started beating the shit out of you, like, unmercifully. Like, part of it is, like, I think as as sons, generally, we, we have, like, some kind of weird fear of our dad. There, there, there's a thing to old man strength. Like, no matter how strong I got as a youth, I don't think I could ever beat my dad in an arm wrestling match because, like, there's a, there's a lot – there's, like, a limiter in my brain. Like, you'll never beat your, <laughs> your dad. And th- – that's very much a thing for a lot of people. So to see Mark, like even when he first realized he was evil and he punches his dad, they're flying in the air. He's only doing it because he's like, dad, I know someone's taking control of your brain. Help me. How do I fix this? He doesn't yet realize his dad is evil. You know what I mean? And that's because it's his dad. And I think that's really, that's really the key at the center of it is like, like family or friends, like, his dad said, my biggest regret, and this is my fault, but I raised you as a human. I should have raised you as a Viltrumite. And to Mark Grayson, he is human. He's an earthling. And no matter how pure of his blood is, like his dad said, you've got enough pure Viltrumite blood in you to live hundreds of years, maybe thousands. Like, he, I'm a human. I've lived here. I love these people, and I'm not going to let you stop me from doing that, dad. And his dad just beats the shit like – it was the most epic beatdown ever. Besides, I don't know. So like that's some of my favorite mo- part of the show. My one favorite little theme. They had like a mini storyline running. Was where like these aliens kept 
materializing and then like attacking this major city. And then, um, you know, they kept, they kept fighting them back and then they would figure out how to come back and fight them again. And they just kept coming back. Finally, they figured out how to get time not to affect them. And they're just getting their asses kicked. And Omni-Man comes in and all the aliens turn around and go shit. And they run in and he flies into the portal. And then he says something, which you don't realize what he actually means when you see it, because he's not fully revealed to be evil. But he says something along the lines of, as he's on their home planet, he goes, you don't seem to understand. Earth is not yours to conquer. And then he just wrecks their entire planet. <laughs> like He grabs the main leader and pushes him through buildings until like little pieces of him are falling out. And all that's left is his face. What he really meant, you know, you look at it as, ah, he's our protector. What he really meant was, Earth is mine to, you know, to do as I please. And it's just it's beautiful. I, I normally hate when people do analogs to like the justice league and, and Superman. And when you think about it, there's really not, they've done every type of superhero basically. So like good for them. They took it, they made it not boring and they added like a really nice familial twist to it. And, um, I went from not even considering these comic books because they look so stupid to me and not even giving this kind of generic looking show a chance to, I can't wait for season two. I've downloaded all the books. I can't wait to get the action figures. <laughs> so I mean, bravo to them. Like this, this is one of the, and, and I'm really glad that it's catching on. Like you'll see the memes on the internet. I'm sure you guys have seen the think Mark think ones. Um, you flip a coin and this thing could not be popular at all. And they just happened to luck out and it caught enough people and, enough word of mouth but um if we haven't spoiled too much of this for you guys and you haven't seen it go out and see it um it's so much better than we're describing <laughs> um but yeah i i cannot wait for season two and there's <clears throat> there's a live action movie coming as well like a set oh. a whole separate thing where seth rogan uh, and his partner evan they they're working on that i think that's why they were like hey do you want to come voice uh alan the alien no definitely like Again, it's just it's one of those things where people people have been smart enough to this for a while, and where you know the rest of us are kind of just now finding out about it. But no, very much excited to see what what comes next from you know from the from uh, the people over there because I mean, listen, right now Amazon's fucking killing it in between the boys and you know uh, Invincible. Like by all means, by all, like I will I. You know, Marvel is the closest thing to a religion that I have, um, and I love those, and I will continue to keep watching them. But like, man, Amazon is also you know like fucking bringing it as well, and I'm just I'm excited. I'm excited to see what you know what, what comes next. Um, so you know, hey, uh, we'll kind of just wrap up this episode there. Once again, like if you enjoyed this episode, go listen to some of the past ones that we have. Uh, you know, there's um. If you're looking for some more wrestling, you know, wrestling centric ones, you know, hey, we just recently did an interview with Eric Bischoff uh, that was really fun, as well as just a bunch of other fun wrestling interviews. And um, if you like some of these more grounded at home episodes, there's plenty of those as well. There's episodes with um, people who work here at Pro Wrestling Tees, just a lot of random uh, fun shows. And then, if again, if you are interested in the Patreon, it's patreon.com forward slash PWTCast. Uh, again, you know, we'll be having a review of Mallrats with friend of the show, Jesse Kohlenberg, coming out this Friday. 
And then last week, like I mentioned, we dropped The Crow and Forever Red, um, you know, as far as Power Rangers review. And yeah, you know, we we got some fun stuff lined up for next month for, you know, in, in celebration of episode 100. So yeah, go ahead and, you know, give us a follow again on on social media if you can. It's at PWTCast on Instagram and Twitter, and you'll find our personal ones there. Um, but uh, for the PWTCast, you guys, I've been Scrump. And this is Stank. And this is friend of the show, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega here, friend of the show. Unfortunately, we've run out of things to say. And so, well, we must bid you adieu. So, until next time at the PWT's cast, goodbye and good night. Bang. Bang.